I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny, I'm Dana and Elliot. And thank you very much for joining us in the new year, a new decade, guys. It, I know. It's nice to see you. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yep, lovely to see you. I know, yeah, I feel like I haven't seen you in a decade. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> as the joke goes. As the, jo- as the joke goes, Please yeah. don't turn us off. How was your, Chris- how was your Christmas, New Year? Nice. It's all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, good from time, a borough yeah. perspective as well. But do, we do, mi- do we miss much, like? I don't know, yeah. Don't think don't we know. did. Does anyone know what happened uh, in the uh, meantime? Pff, I don't know. It was just a blur, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't even know what day it is still. <laughs> it's Sunday. I know, yeah. All I know is I work. Well, to be fair, it's been Sunday for the past, like, three, four weeks. I know, yeah. Just, I feel like I haven't started a new job or anything. It's so weird. It's nice. Be with Bielsa's boys now and late, but here we are. Boo. Uh, so, let's delve into it. Middlesbrough, one defeat in nine, four wins in a row, top of the farm table. We're going to start with Derby first, and then we're going to really run into like Boris Hot Run of Farm, the signings, the outgoings, the sackings, everything. I can't believe how much has actually gone on, to be honest. It's typical, isn't it? It's nuts. We, we go, we go ah, you know what? Yeah, we we're playing some tough games. We're Preston away, West Brom away, Stoke and on. You know, it's, we're not going to really miss much. You know, what? we're not even going to probably sign anyone either. And then all this happened. Oh, no. <sighs> typical, just typical. I was saying to to Dana in the, the car on the way yeah, when I was away. Obviously, I was trying not to trying to be a bit conservative with my, my internet. And when I did check things, it was kind of like, oh, we beat West Brom away, and I was like, ah, oh, fair enough. And then it was like, oh. We've been pressing away. And then I was like, oh, we probably won't sign anyone. And we signed two people before I came back home. And I was thinking, what is going on here? So, yeah, you love to see it, don't you? You absolutely love to see it. Good, yeah. So, 
kick things off. Let's chat about Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Um, yesterday is the 2-2 draw, uh, a late goal, of course, giving the teams to share of the points, which I thought we should have probably won. Dana, you were in a, the lovely West Stand. I know, yeah. Oh, went yesterday. We very nice, very nice press box. It was, yeah. It was freezing, mind. Yeah? Where gloves, mittens? No, just, a, you know what? Hats. I was really struggling with my zip in the second half. I felt like Arsene Wenger, you know, when he's trying to pull his <laughs> zip up. And I couldn't do it, so I just buttoned it up. But that was fine. We we got through it. Oh, fair enough. So, that first half, when we were going to chat about that first half, first, we were absolutely marvellous. I thought, what, what, how would you see it from from your perspective in the West End? No, it was sorry. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? No, it was. Um, it, no, I thought we were really good. Um, we made Derby look, look very um, crap, to be honest. I thought they were really poor, but I think we made them look that look that way. Um, we pressed really well in units. Jonathan Woodgate said that after the game. Um, you know, Wayne Rooney was was disappointing. You'll probably touch on that in a minute, but first half was was excellent the only issue with it was that we didn't score another goal and, and I did say at half time that this is a dangerous game for Borough and we're in a, a bit of a precarious situation because we're vulnerable you know we've we've got a one goal lead but that's really it so I was thinking you know an early goal in the second half would would kill Derby off and unfortunately they got that in, instead of us no yeah, I agree. I thought we were absolutely marvellous. Els, did you catch the goal? Or were you still down in the concourse? <laughs> I, I actually, I didn't have, I didn't have a drink to be honest. So what? I'm not, I'm not doing dry January, but I just, I didn't fancy one. So I actually stayed up at half time, um, watching Christ. the, the Borough lottery results roll in. Um, my, my sister always buys a, a lottery ticket, so I wanted to see if you'd win a, a grand or a family package to uh, Alfano. It's always Alfano. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I was, I was up at half time, so I caught all the goals. Um, but no, I think I think we were in complete control in that first half, and it was. I was speaking to a friend after the game, and um, he, he's normally quite quite negative about the borough. I'm sure he wouldn't um, mind me saying that about him, but he, he said it's you know he's best he's seen borough playing a long while. Um, Patrick Roberts and, and Tav um, together just look incredible, yeah. um, really pulling the strings, and and like Dana said, some of the chances we had, we could have been two or three up. Um, the Patrick Roberts one was was particularly yeah. disappointing because I really wanted him to score. Um you could tell how much he was he was dying to throughout the game. Uh and then there was another one, um, which is eluding me. I think it was one where it kind of flashed across goal and there was one any, where Lewis Wing had a, a free Lewis header. Ring, yeah, header, 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 yeah. Yeah. I missed that. <coughs> I wasn't watching. I wasn't looking. I mean when do we ever score off a corner? <laughs> exactly. There's no point is there. For yeah. Tony Pulis we still didn't score from corners. <laughs> yeah, no, so there was a, there was a lot of chances where we, we could have put the game to bed. Um but no, Wingy's goal I mean, what can you say that the South Stand got the, pulled the song out again after that? Reach is scoring goals. I want, I, sorry, not Reach. Wing is scoring goals. Reach is scoring I'm too used to. I'm too used to the Reach one. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it'd have been great if he'd if he'd have scored the header as well and then scored that. But yeah, the goal itself was great, though, wasn't it? It's like what you were saying, the link-up play between Roberts and Tav. Yeah. It was just, it was lovely. Like the, the, the yeah, the, the the connection between the two and Fletcher, I think, is has been really good the past two games. What's your thoughts on Patrick Roberts? Just just the initial thoughts. I thought he's played really well in in both games. Um, for his height and, and stature, um, you would think he would get bullied off the ball very easily. But he's so tricky, agile, um, the kind of player that we've been crying out for. And I know Tav is that similar type of player, but I think now that he's got someone else like it in the team that. Like Dana said, they link up very well. Um, 
and it's dangerous to have both of them so we're not just playing down one side all the time we've got options now when going forward so he's not fully fit either is he Roberts no. I think he played I think he played like 21 minutes for Norwich or something so it's scary that he's, he's performing the, yeah. well now yeah, yeah. he's not fully match fit yeah he's a, he's a little magician isn't he uh, I was really impressed with him yesterday um, obviously first time seeing him live I didn't go to Spurs game so I was like yeah <laughs> part timer uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I was really, really impressed with Patrick Roberts. Um, he's, he just seems like he's going to be exactly what we need. And a little bit, I've got a couple of questions on him. Uh, the similarities about him and Gaston Ramirez. Um, I thought Gaston is a bit was a bit better, and it was a bit something that we definitely needed for Cranky to get us up. I think Roberts, on the other hand, is just <coughs> like he is. He can glide past players and he moves the ball well. It, it seems to be a, such a good fit, but obviously it's early stages yet. So. He could have like three stinkers and I'm calling for his head, so <laughs> anything could change. But what's your thoughts on Wayne Rooney's Derby County? Uh, they didn't really do much, did they? I wasn't really particularly impressed with them at all. No, I mean, even the Derby reporters after the game were saying that they were dreadful and that, you know, they were lucky to get something out of that game. I thought they just... <sighs> Wayne Rooney was playing really deep. Yeah. Uh, he was yeah. the, co- the holder midfielder and... Yeah. That was really surprising to me, but he just didn't have so much of an effect on the game and they pushed him further forward in the second half. And they they improved a little bit in the second half, but I mean a fluky goal from which I think was poor from Fry, you know, he needed to clear it. And I was saying at the time just just I, I, we, we, yeah, we, I mean, it, it was good in the sense that we were trying to play out from the back and, and yeah. whether if Woodgate's trying to coach that into the team. Yeah, there's but an it, identity now with that. Yeah, um, but it was there was a few times we were getting out of it. And I think Johnny Housen's composed at doing it on his side, and he was he was linking it well with Spence to get it out on that side. But um, on the other side, there was a few moments before actually that goal happened when we came out in the second half where. We were trying to play it out from the back, and I was like, "Just, just get rid of it. We're, we're causing unnecessary pressure for ourselves." And obviously, that fry one, because um, I think was it either just before? I think it was just before where Savile was kind of playing about with it on yeah. that side, and then he wanted Fry to come back, and they were arguing a little bit about it. And you could kind of, when that goal went in, you kind of could see it happening then, because it already happened once on that side, so they targeted it again. I mean, it was fluky in the sense that he was trying to cross it, yeah. but um, yeah, he, he should have just cleared mm. it as soon as he. Since he had the chance, but I thought um, my friend that I went to the that was in the press box with somebody up perfectly about Wayne Rooney that he he got bullied by a child with a hairband <laughs> in, in Jed Spence. That, that was great. the The whole crowd was loving that when he you know, saw a little tussle and yeah, uh, muscled him. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. But I th- Wayne Rooney was he's poor, wasn't he? He was really big. The, 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 the time when you thought he'd step up would be when pay, playing crossfield passes and when he had that free kick on the edge of the box and. There was there was nothing from, from either of them. So yeah, well, to be fair, is he really asked though? Like he's earned about hundred bags a week, and then just like he wears a thirty two shirt. He has no affiliation with Derby County at all. He just apart from the cash and I don't. Think I suppose, really but I think I think as a professional, you'd, you'd still yeah. want to try and play as best you can until your career goes out. But to, to be yeah. fair, there was like I know you're saying he was dreadful, and there's there's bits of his play which I was actually quite impressed with. But he always when he's on the ball, he always looks like he has so much time. It's just because of his movement off the ball. Um, I don't think the defensive midfielder position really suits him at all. Like no, he's an right. all-time top position. goal scorer. Like yeah. Yeah. I appreciate he's not going to have to like probably I wouldn't say legs. He's probably like not going to play up front anymore. But 
play him in a camp position or maybe like, you know, give That's where it said he was lined up um, yeah. sort of before the game, but then he was sort of getting the rollouts from the keeper. So I was thinking, he was well, so he's deep. Not, yeah. It was just weird to see. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's why I think they were so poor in the first half because they're probably quite reliant on Wayne Rooney to start things for them. And, and he was just too deep and he was getting stifled. And I thought that Lewis Wing outperformed him. Um, throughout the whole, whole of the game and you know Lewis Wing was what a factory worker like two two and a half three years ago so it's and, and big props to, to Lewis Wing because um, sort of a lot of people when sort of predicting the lineups um, leading up to the game a lot of people were kind of leaving him out for for the fact of um, sort of like you were saying sort of pressing in units and so on and that Clayton would be, be better in that role um, I mean I, I was kind of happy either way for, for either of my stacks I thought um Clayton did well in the game against Spurs, but uh, you know it, it proved to be better having wing because of, you know as the strengths we pointed out from him before of playing the balls over the wing backs and obviously his shooting ability. So um, I doubt Clayton would have scored that goal. So I would love um, to see Lewis Wing score a tap in. By the way, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see it. Casual wing. Well, that's what I mean. That's the header. <laughs> the header was like, nah, I, I don't want to score that guy. So I've got, I've got, I've got one coming missed. up in a bit. Yeah, I think he purposely missed that header. It was hard. It was to be fair. It was actually harder to miss. I know. I it couldn't was, believe it. Was, it. He was free, wasn't he? It was. Yeah. So with that said, obviously Mills made a lot of chances. Didn't really get the, the, didn't really kill the game off in the first half. So with that being said, do you think it's one point gained or two point dropped? I think two points dropped just because of the the manner in which we conceded the the equaliser and when it came. You know, I think just into stoppage time. We're probably hoping that we're going to see out the game from there, but unfortunately we just didn't manage to. But it's weird because I didn't feel as disappointed as maybe I expected to be with a 91st minute equaliser because I think there's a lot of positives to take out of the game. You know, we, we pressed really well. We, we were fluent in attack. There's a lot more balance in the team, a lot more team cohesion. So I think that there's a lot of positives to take. So I'm not too down. Obviously, I'm not going to say that I'm I'm not asked because it, it does. It's a bit going to to concede the late equaliser when we should have probably won the game but I was I was overall quite happy there was a lot of positive to take out yeah, of the game I agree with that I think that the main thing what we were saying before this season started is um, you know we, that we were going to kind of finish mid-table um, you know but as long as we see improvement from a certain group of players and, and you know to be fair it's not even coming from the players who we thought were going to be in the first team because a lot of them are injured but um, from the young lads you know it didn't really matter that the, the result um, I think a lot of fans probably felt the same, to be honest, because I think it was a an entertaining game, especially in the first half, and there's there's clear signs of improvement, and there has been for a number of weeks now. So I think if you're looking kind of beyond, you know, just trying to win every game, because um, I, I, realistically, I know we would have been only five points off the playoffs if, if we won, um, but I, I still don't think. You know, it's a realistic aim, and I, I don't think. No, I, I mean, obviously, you know, if you, you ask the managers and the players, they'll say they want it to aim, aim as high as possible. But um, you know, realistically, I think we've definitely improved, and I think you know we, we probably could finish um, mid-table now. But uh, it, it's one of those where you know we, we shouldn't be too disheartened by it. It was one was a fluky goal, and that Dwayne Holmes goal was you know he's not going to score one of them again. It was a, a brilliant finish. So kind of look at and be like on another day that would be a completely well, different score eight or nine so. times out of ten that goes over the bar all goes wide and yeah exactly he miss kicks it or like even the cross shot do you think Pez could have done a little bit better with it with the cross shot no the um, Dwayne Holmes um, no when I've watched the replays a couple of times it it's perfectly placed in the bottom corner it's quite it's very very difficult for a keeper to save 
Um, it looks like it's going wide, and it just it just creeps in at the bottom um, and just bounces under. And I think bounces just over pairs. I think mm. it's it's a hard one. I think especially no, with the pace I, of the I ball agree. as well. Um, I thought he was unlucky. He, he was unlucky on the cross as well. Like like yeah. it's it's impossible to save really. Wind assisted goal. Yeah. So. That 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 uh, guy that scored it by the way, I didn't know um, who he was, but they had, they had a few lads uh, playing who were who were young. I don't know whether they're facing injuries themselves or just trying to you know, sort of blood them in. But Jason Knight, he was called eighteen yeah. year old yeah. Irish right midfielder. Yeah, so. it's weird, isn't it? The, good good, the good game team. for him, really. But um, yeah, the derby team that we've been used to seeing with like Craig Bryson and uh, and the likes of that. Richard I mean, Ko. Yeah, Richard Ko. Who? Thorn. Andrew Tom Lawrence, Wisdom. Yeah. There's all the other, uh, the other midfielder. I can't remember his name. Huddleston. No, it's like Craig Bryson, and I think he didn't he go to Nottingham Forest. Jamie, no, Jamie Ward was one of them. Oh no, no, never mind. I'm getting uh, no, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I don't know who you were who, thinking of. Who is this? But it was Craig Bryson. That I was thinking of. Yeah. Go. But then you know we've been used to the, those teams, and it seems like we're seeing a lot of teams now building the, the youth players through, which is good to see. I mean, we're doing it ourselves, and it's paying dividends. Mm, it, it is. It is. Um, there's obviously one more thing. It's from the first question of the decade. Um, Craig Sharpie says McNair playing at centre half again um, over Nathan Wood. Um, We've seen we seem to be quite happy playing the youth players um, in different positions. So why do you think Nathan Wood's not getting his chance at the minute and play Paddy McNair more of a central midfield position? I don't. I just don't think he has the physicality. Um, no. When I've watched him in the cup pot. games, he just he doesn't. He, he seems to get bullied a little bit. Um, and I think that in the championship you do need that physicality. Um, you need that physical edge because even when Chris Martin came on um, last night, you know he, he roughens up the the centre halves a bit. So. I think you need that, and he's he's a raw talent, Nathan Wood. There's there's no denying that he's got potential, but I think he needs a loan spell, maybe in League Two. Yeah, or I League think one. It, you know, and when you're saying sort of about putting the youth players in, he's he's a couple of years younger than the rest of them. Uh, the rest of them are at least twenty, I believe, and Spence he's and he's 19, seventeen. Is he seventeen? Yeah. So I think he's he's still got some way to go to sort of match them really. But I could see where you know where the, where the question's based on, and you know we you know we could do it, but. It's one of those. If Woodgate felt he was he was good enough, he he would have had a chance by now, I think. And it's it's one of those where I think we've already got. Um, and I know Dale Fry stepped up recently, but at the start of the season when he first came back from his injury, he wasn't playing that well at all. And I think, um, sort of that trust is is maybe growing, but I wouldn't say the trust to maybe have Dale Fry and Nathan Wood alongside Johnny Housen maybe yeah. isn't there. So having sort of Housen and McNair to kind of you know help. Um, Dale Fry is probably the best way to go, especially when losing someone as, as key as Danny Ayala. So, yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I probably wouldn't play him either. I think Nathan Wood needs to probably go out on loan and, and get some game time. It's just we need to bring some players in. Um, I know we're going to come on a bit later, but we've obviously brought two players in and we're letting, we've let three go essentially. So it's like we're one player worse off. Yeah. Um, so we kind of need to start bringing more players in for us to get Nathan Wood the experience to. To get him out on loan, he does need to get out on loan. He needs he needs game time, um, especially at the age he's at. Um, but when you go to like League One, League Two, it's really really physical, and he'll learn so much from that. Um, it was a kind of a little bit like the Tom Pope and um, and the young Man City centre half, John Stones. No, it wasn't John Stones. Oh, was... Taylor Taylor, he's called Taylor. We'll just call him Taylor. <laughs> it's called Tad. Um, 
It was like, something Ellis, wasn't it? Taylor something Ellis. Taylor Mr. Humphreys Double Barrel like, Name. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Double Barrel Name. <laughs> but like he, he was very, very young and Tom Paul just ripped him apart and he was like, you know, he's still a, a band but it's like that, that experience that all the strikers have to take the defender away and to bully them and I think he needs, he needs to learn that very, very quickly um, if he wants to come into the team. But let's check about Borough's form. Um, before the podcast, before our last podcast, we were celebrating a win over Stoke. You know, it was like, well, <laughs> we actually won a game. Um, and it was 1-0. No, no, it wasn't. It was 2-1. 2-1. One, 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 one goal margin. Still one goal margin. And we just went on this absolutely incredible <laughs> bit of form. Um, we used a little bit surprised about Middlesbrough's turn in form over, over the Christmas period. Yeah, because I remember somebody asked me, uh, you know, like the previews of, of the games and what I was expecting. And I think I said that we would be, um, I think it was before the Stoke game, we beat Stoke. And then um, I wasn't expecting us to beat uh, West Brom. And then New Year's Day game against Preston were not really that great on New Year's Day. So I was thinking, right, we probably won't win there either. So, I mean, I was expecting an upturn in form post-January, but definitely not when it came um but you know we've it's testament really to to Woodgate because he's stuck to his principles uh, principles in a in a respect but he's also changed things as well and I think he's um you know he, obviously the patience has, has paid off and that's all really that that's been needed with Woodgate I think he needs he's needed patience and he still needs patience because there's still going to be a lot of, of bad spells that Borough will go through but just really enjoying watching us pick up points now because we we had such a difficult start to the season, so it's it's been uh, long overdue. Oh, it was a bad start, all right. Um, obviously, the wins over Stoke, Huddersfield, West Brom, and Preston. Els, what was the the best performance of the bunch for you? Is there anyone that stood out? I mean, Rudy, Rudy, stand out, Preston, <laughs> no, right kick. No, no. I'm. Uh, no. I, I actually, you know what? The funniest thing about. All of that about Rudy scoring and stuff was like the day after, um, and people were about kind of lineups for for Tottenham and and you know signings and and so on. And I think when we, we signed Lucas and Mitch and I seen someone comment on um, the official sort of signing thing on Facebook of that, and they said, "Oh, why do we need him when Rudy's firing all cylinders again? Because he scored one goal in like two years. five light years." Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It is weird though. So, like you go from zero to hero after scoring He even one said goal, it himself, didn't he? Um, yeah, he did. And that's the thing. I, you know, he came on yesterday, and like normally he would have got booed, and everyone was singing his name, and I'm like, oh, Rudy. It's, Such uh, is the fickle nature of being a football fan. Yeah. So um, you know, he, he is what he is. Um, Rudy gets said that he, he sort of had the same game for years, hasn't he? But um, the game plan worked. Preston, so I, I probably would say that was really the best one because I think, or the West Brom one because I think they're the most unexpected. Um, uh, you know, Huddersfield and, and Stoke, they were sort of in and around us in the table, both good wins, but hard fought wins. Um, but those two games to go away from home, win 2 0, um, was brilliant. The Ashley Fletcher goal at West Brom, um, was really good. So <laughs> it's hard to pick out, it's, it's probably out of those two games. Um, We'll go. We'll go with Preston just just for Rudy, yeah. But uh, I'd, say I'd say, say I'd say West Brom. I think that was probably the most complete performance I've seen in a while from like everybody on the on the pitch from from Pears right to Fletcher. I think you know we went there. We caught them cold. Really, I was really expecting them to turn us over. To be honest, and and we went there and and we surprised them. We we played really well. I think he switched to a four two three one and it worked. And we just clicked and and everything just seemed to come together and. Honestly, that goal. How can Ashley Fletcher not score from two yards out, but he can score from there? Yeah. 
It's an absolute world, Ian. It's an absolute... I mean, a, a very aggressive tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Miz caught as well, so... Um, oh, God, it was... I can't believe I actually can't even went in, to be honest. I, I was... Me and my dad, me and my dad were, were like, both, obviously, can't really sell on the mic because we're live on air, but it was uh, really aggressive. Uh <laughs> I can't believe actually you had the audacity to shoot from there. If I'm if I'm really honest, I think Ashley Fletcher's got the ball there. One thing in his mind was like, I'm going to hit this so hard, it's going to hit the it's going to hit the rose head. It's, it's going to hit some child, um, and we're going to waste a bit of time. And he's just caught it perfect. It's yeah. like I don't think he'll ever score a better goal in his career. I don't think. Mm. But um, it, he said that himself as well. Yeah, it wrapped, up, it wrapped up a great performance. I was really impressed with the, the West Brom win. Happy with the the Preston victory as well I just can't believe we won four games in a row if I'm brutally honest like it's just absolutely mental yeah there's one point I want to touch on that not to kind of make things negative on such a you know a positive run of form but um, and it's not kind of my uh, theory or anything it was kind of a friend was chatting to me about it um, and it kind of it makes sense um, in sort of a a chasm if you look at it but um, the whole thing about where we are now in the table um, is where we probably predicted or where we maybe shot, thought we should be. Uh, probably even a, a couple of places higher based on our team on paper, especially if, if everyone was fit. Um, and it's one of those where <clears throat> if you're looking at kind of stats and, and odds and, and things every week, have Borough only kind of regressed to the mean? Have we only regressed to the average of where we probably should be? But it's trumped up now to be better than what it is because all of those wins came in one. If those wins were spread out in, say, we got one, and then we, we lost two games, got one, lost two games. It wouldn't look quite as good. And, and it's probably better that it all did come at once because obviously there's a, a massive feel-good factor around um, now and a lot more people are positive. We got an extra 2,500 fans in yesterday compared to the average um, over the season. So, um, But I think it's one of them where we have to kind of stay grounded, like like Dana said, and, and even Johnny Woodgate's kind of mentioned it as well. That, you know, you can't get too down when you're down and don't get too up when you're up essentially um don't get complacent because there's I've got good, that next year i'm so go ahead now yeah i, I know <laughs> i was thinking that when i was saying it um <laughs> yeah uh, that's it. um but yeah no it's one of those where we need to kind of there's still going to be tough games in the in the season i don't think we're going to push on to, to get the playoffs and i'd be happy to be proven wrong jonathan woodgate but um it, it's one of those where we're going to have to dig in, and we're going to pick up points. I think we've de- we've definitely improved. We've got some um, Patrick Roberts. I mean, we haven't seen much of Lucas Metro yet, but Patrick Roberts has been a good sign, and we might hopefully get another one or two in. Um, we're getting players out um, on higher wages, um, so there's positive signs both for business wise and and sort of the club wise and for for player development wise. So. Um, but the the main point of it all was just kind of the theory that you know we've we've returned to the average of where we should be, um, and it, it's probably like I say it's not, it's not going to continue. where We're going to win seven eight games on the trot, uh, and that's where the, the luck kind of crept in yesterday. Although we should, probably should have won the game, uh, a draw is not a is not a bad result overall. So. I think I, was, I read a stat yesterday before the game that was had we won that that game against Derby, it would have been the first time that we won five league games in a row since like April 2016 I think it might have been or yeah it was I talk the I talk around today mm. so that would have been great thank you Dwayne Holmes for ruining that completely 4 two, three, one. <coughs> four wins in a row please come back out cinematic parallels mm. come back out what <laughs> <laughs> 
no, okay, no, fair enough. Um, also, with with the turn of form, Mills were now eight points away from the playoffs, um, which is probably too far fetched. But um, ten points away from the relegation zone, which is massive. To get obviously a few before we broke up for Christmas, it looked like we were going to be in a massive relegation scrap, and we still can be pulled back into that. There's you know it's, it's only four or five games has just changed us to pull away, but four or five bad results and we're still back in it again um, but for right now we've got a question from Joseph Coombs he says what do you think Woodgate has done to turn this around and have you seen anything developments in play have you seen any changes at all where you think that Millsbury have really clicked I'd say the wing backs I think yeah. the the wing backs have provided with uh, provided us with, with balance because I remember the, the beginning of the season when me and you Elliot looked at the the passages of play on the pitch where Borough seemed to play, it was predominantly down that right-hand side through Paddy McNair, wasn't it? And we've got two outlets now on on the, the wings and they've just provided width, pace, you know, the, the offensive abilities and defensive abilities. And I think it's gotten to a point with, with Hayden Coulson and Jed Spence that I'm a little bit worried how Borough will fare without them, especially Jed Spence, because I don't think there's really anybody that can fill in that that right wing back role, unless we put Johnny Housen in there or Paddy McNair, but with the injuries that we've got at centre half, you don't want to yeah. kind of pull that around. So I think if, and he was saying it in the press conference yesterday after the game would get that it's going to be tough on the young players because we've got three games in six days. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I genuinely think that Hayden Coulson and Jed Spence have become probably the most important parts of our team. You seen it yesterday, didn't you? Where you know, even when we were on one side, um, then Coulson or, or Spence, either of them, it was mainly Coulson um, in the first half, kept getting free on that left hand side because I thought it was man of the match because um, we were, we were playing. You know, it was going down that right side, and then Coulson had so much space, and we'd spray the ball out to him. Um, there was a couple of times I was thinking, just just hit from the edge of the box, and obviously we're trying to work it in and, and play um, some intricate passing on the edge of the box, but. Um, yeah, like you said, two outlets. It's um, much better than we, we were so much so far predictable at the beginning of the season. So um, I'd say that's probably the the biggest change. I think other than that, I think the rest of the team in general, obviously, there's been a lot of changes because of injuries and and so on, um, and, and sort of players getting out of favour and, and possibly moving on in the transfer windows. But um, I think the main thing is, I think it's just clicked in general. I think Woodgate probably hasn't changed a lot in. His coaching and, and training. It's just the fact that things take time to bed in. Um, it's hard work week in, week out, not only from, from Woody, but from Leo, Danny Coyne, Robbie Keane, um, and the other coaches where, you know, things actually pay off. You see now, um, I think it was in the sort of highlights of the, of the game um, with West Brom when he was going off the pitch and how happy Robbie Keane and, and yeah. Fletcher looked together when he was, you know, congratulating him on the goal. Um, and, you know, that that's what. Uh, gives you satisfaction, I, I guess, as a, a coach. Would you know? Robbie Keane was a great player, and he's probably thinking when Ashley Fletcher missed that goal back at Huddersfield, he's thinking, "What is going on?" Yeah. And then when he scores that, he's thinking, "Yes, lad." Um, so I think it, it's it's it just clicked at, at the right time, and a lot of the players all came into form at once. Um, but obviously, the change in system to, to five definitely helped push that on. I think confidence breeds confidence, doesn't it? And you know, you've got the whole team performing well so on an individual level players are performing um, as individuals as well and I think that one of the players that I think has stepped up recently is George Savile and there is a question I don't know whether you're going to ask it about George Savile but I think he's well, what added does he do? yeah I well, think I he's, he's added uh, more um, tenacity into his game you saw that that pass in for Fletcher for the Spurs game 
think that's what he's capable of. He's playing in Lewis Wing's uh, role in, in that kind of deep position, so he's he's affecting play from there. Um, there's still obviously parts of, of George Savile's game that he needs to improve to become a player that you can immediately recognise and identify. But I do feel like he, he has stepped up in the absence of of McNair um, in midfield, for example. So, you know, it's just been a season of players that, that have been much maligned, that have, have really improved and become important parts of the team. Like Ashley Fletcher a year ago this month was halfway out the door on the way at Hull under yeah. Nigel Adkins. And then you've got, you know, um, Savile's been, been heavily criticised. Even Marvin Johnson, you know, he's played his part this season. I think he's become a really important player because he's got that versatility. He can play left wing, left wing back, left left back. You know, we, we've got and Tav as well. You know, I've... I've held my hands up and said that I've been wrong about Tav. So so this season's been a, a season of players really, you know, coming into their own and stepping up to the plate when they really need to. I think that formation for, for, has really helped George Savile as well. If you almost look, we're playing like a 5-2-2-1. Two, two, He's now got the space to operate in, whereas I think they were all maybe getting sort of mixed up with each other in what the roles were when it was a... Um, a three in midfield so obviously with Robertson and Tav sort of pushing on to support Fletcher it just left him and Wing to do the controlling yeah. of, of the midfield and he made himself available central a lot um, and I think that's one key thing that we were missing before um, where Clayton would either sit too deep or he'd, he'd go out to the, either one of the wings too much um, but Savo was always available um, and, so, and so was Wing um, and like you say that they've added a lot more sort of um, sort of aggression to the game I think Savile done it a couple of times yesterday where he sort of brushed people off the ball uh, quite easily and then you know the passing as well the, the pass over the top for Fletcher takes you know Aldevar and um, how was it I think it was Vertonghen Vertonghen yeah. and, and Dyer out of the game so he just needs to add goals to his game and, and more assists Savile and then I think people will will start to to probably like him a little bit more because goals goals silence people don't know they they make people change their minds. So I think that that's probably an area that he needs to improve because he did come from Millwall with a reputation of being a goal-scoring midfielder. I mean, so did Adam Clayton come from Huddersfield, but <laughs> Mills from make good attacking players into good defensive ones. Very, very true. Yeah. I was going to say, I have seen uh, a little tactical switch from Woodgate, which has, I think, helped Middlesbrough in, in the last few games. Um, and it's the position of the, of the centre-halves and then the, and the wing-backs as well. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Middlesbrough did try and go on the market for a left-footed centre-half. Ben Gibson come home um, but the reason why I say that is the way that we're switching the play I think I think we'll get seen a lot of Liverpool and how they dictate games with the fullbacks and I think it could resonate with how Millsborough want to play in the, in the future um, when Mills are on the ball you see the wing backs for us to push forward and since we're playing the ball across the uh, the back we're looking for that switch in play um, and you just completely can switch the game completely um, on its on its head, and that's how we're getting forward. That's how the wing backs are uh, getting space because they're bombing down that line and forcing the issue. Um, the reason why I say left foot is because it has that diagonal pass. It's, it's about a second quicker, um, and it will it can change quite a lot. Um, I think that's been one fundamental issue. But I also Ashley Fletcher as well. His role's slightly changed um, when he's been playing as like that one striker. His press is a little bit different now. Um, when he was him and Brit. They were trying mainly for focus on more of like the fullbacks, um, but now he's trying to focus on that centre half. I mean, since Coulson and Spence are bombing forward enough, and since we're pressing from like that first pass from the centre half, 
it seems like he can really focus on the centre halves and pull them apart a little bit. So I think that's why we're, we're starting to see a bit more joy going forward. Um, but they're the real thing, so I think we'll get to this credit from that from the tactical change. Um, but in terms of like the youth players as well, I think injuries have been a bit of a blessing as well. Uh, I think that the youth players have bought into a Woodgate system. Um, and when you do buy into a system, you tend to put a bit more effort in, you try and make a statement. I think with young players, they're a bit more hungry to, to get their careers going, whilst when you're more experienced and you're not really fully bought into a system or a manager, you don't really give it as much. Um, and so really, the injuries could have been a, a bit of a blessing in disguise for us, to be honest. Isn't uh, it weird as well that apparently Jed Spence was, was going to be sold? He was, yeah. In... Was it this month or was it at the end of the season or something? He's out of contract in the he is out of contract uh, in the um, summer, but he was going to be sold. Yeah, he wasn't pull, he wasn't pulling through, and then he had one probably had re, one really good game for the under twenty threes, and then we'll get started him after you listen to the Borough Breakdown podcast and said <laughs> when he was like, you know what, Johnny's right, we haven't seen Jed Spence in a while. You know what, Jed, you're gonna you're gonna play. Um, <laughs> so then I think I'm just going to take an assist from that. The Borough Breakdown takes an assist for Jed Spence's career. <laughs> Shocking, loved really, Jed. Um, Freemanjaro Palmer. Freemanjaro Palmer for Jed. <laughs> um, no, I think, well, Dave McNally sent us the question as well about the, the youth players coming in. Um, it's more or less of like, it's kind of what I was pretty much saying, really, in terms of the lines of like, is the system like the way they want to play in the future? Um, I kind of answered it really to say, well, yeah, I think the youth players do deserve a lot of credit. But I also think there's something else, and I don't. I kind of want to hear your opinion on it. I think we're getting rid of getting rid of a few bad apples as well. Um, I think Randolph, as much as I love I love the keeper, I think he was a bad apple, and it's it, the reason why I say it is that I'm not going to lie. I think the injury thing was pretty bullshit. Like to be honest, like I. But is it though? Because because this, this medical can't be going on for ages if if the injury is bullshit. Yeah, but also it could be contract negotiations. It could be like because there's a lot to do with the deal. So it could be like, I think from what I've been reading on quite a few things, it's been like it's only the only reason it's four million is because Mills were owed money for Ashley Fletcher, but also we owed money for the deal for Darren Randolph. So it yeah. could be that perspective. But also like Mills could see like that injury that happened to Fabianski and say, "Ah, oh, well, you know what we could do another. We probably won't like." But there's so many different things that could happen in that type of deal. It might not be a medical like. It is. It's like hilarious that he got he got injured, then got fit for Ireland, then played one game, then got injured until January, and then somehow he moves. It's like, hmm, yeah, okay. But I, I don't, I don't think he wanted to be. Yeah, if I'm brutal, that's that's my brutal opinion. Like, I don't think he wants to be. And I don't think as much as Brit, like he's he's been good for us and he's got a great ratio. Um, I probably won't put him back in the team now. I would keep Fletcher in that position because Fletcher has a, a bit of a better press than say. Than what Brit does, yes, Brit has a fantastic record, but I don't think he'll. I think I wouldn't be surprised if I seen Brit going in the window as well. I don't think that he's fully bought in the system either. Um, but he might, he might be. You know, I could be. I would be chatting absolute bear shit, but it's just like that's just my opinion. I think we have got rid of a bad apple alone in Randolph. So I wouldn't say Randolph was a bad apple. Like everything that I've heard is that he's he's a a, a good pro and has helped the likes of Ainsley and and Brad James and Zach Emin, You know, the young goalkeepers. I just, it, it is it is a strange move in my opinion because he left West Ham because he was second choice. Mm. He's going back there to be second choice. I don't know whether that's just a money thing, whether he could up his wages, or I mean, to be fair, his island place is pretty set in stone. I don't know who their substitute. Kieran Westwood. 
No, no, I, I, I don't much older, like much older. But I don't I, think, he'd I think get probably bad apples, probably the word, probably a bad word to say. It's like I don't think he's like he fully dr- bought into being at Yeah, like you can, like you can, you can do better. Yeah, yeah well, it definitely. I, get what you I, mean. I think he came with the 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 idea sold to him that you know we were going to be up within at least probably the first year, yeah. or if not two years, and it, it went on longer than that, and it looks like it's going to be um, that this was a transition season. So it's not really. For him, I don't think. Like you say, it is a strange move to go back to well, a club well, to be second choice. Went backwards, and... really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it still would be a weird move for him to go and be second choice. So obviously, if you're that good of a goalkeeper, you want to be playing week in, week out. But you know, fair play. If he thinks he's got the mentality to go back and challenge and get that number one spot, because he did have it for a little while at West Ham. Um, and that was, was that under David Moyes? Or was it when David Moyes came in and then he kind of made him second choice? I can't remember. They seem to chop and change managers. <clears throat> yeah, a, a but bit. I mean, it, it might have been under. Was it? No, it can't have been under Billet. Oh, I might. No, I'm, I, I'm not sure. It might have been Moyes. It might have been Billet. Who knows? Yeah, but it, it's one of those fair, fair play if he wants to to kind of go back and think. I don't think many fans will be kind of angry. I mean, it, these things always kind of happen where you know if it was a real injury or not. I think. Um, if it wasn't, you know, it kind of happens. It, it kind of leaves them out of getting abuse on the pitch. If, if you know, there's rumours coming up of them moving and so on, and the, and the one of the better players. Um, but you know, like you say, if he has failed the medical, it probably it probably could have been the injury. Um, I'm not too disheartened about it. I think, like people have said, that the stepping up of Ainsley Pears has kind of softened the blow. You can look at it on the other side and say, you know, he maybe he still needs to be around because. You know, are we going to last a full season with, with him and me? Are we going to get a um, a third keeper in? Um, you know, personally, I think if it's getting a high earner off the the wage bucket, it'll only be better for the health of the club. Um, and I think we'll do enough to survive. If the, you know, if we're wanting to, if this is a truly a transition season, you're getting those players off on high wages um, whilst surviving, um, developing the players who you want to be the focal points next season, and build around it with mm. new players who are going to be on considerably less wages. so um, I don't think we can be too bitter about Randolph leaving yeah, either no, because no. we've we've all, yeah. like a lot of people have said it, that he's the best goalkeeper in the championship. So We've got the best out of him as well. We've, we've had yeah. a lot of, we, we've had the value out of him, do you know what I mean? He's saved us in so many games um, and he's had so many good performances. So I think he'll go with um, a lot of respect from, from yeah, most fans definitely. in the club. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. obviously signings and outgoings. There's obviously a lot happened as well. Um, obviously, them uh, with Randolph going, Mark Ball has left on loan at Blackpool. Uh, Max Brown's went back to Oxford. Marcus Brown actually scored yesterday for Oxford and got man of the match. <laughs> and got man of the match. So there you go. <laughs> League uh, one is his calling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But obviously, with, with those players going, it's it does leave a bit of a gap as well um, yes we've brought in two good two good prospects in Lucas Nemecha and, uh, and Patrick Roberts but we've let three go now there's, there's talk of more players going you've got the likes of Ayala and House and out of contract at the end of the summer so people could be putting bids in for them could Mills, Mills was hand be dealt uh, be forced to be dealt with so it just, this, I think Mills are in a bit of a worse position at the minute I think they need to, to essentially bring in some bring in some more players I think we have to even if it's just loan deals to get us over the end of the season um, but is there any players that you've been looking at or how do you think Mills should plug the gaps I, you know what I was a bit surprised that Mark Bowler left just because I think that if Hayden Coulson was to you know uh, be injured or, or suspended or whatever or lack match fitness just need a rest then Mark Bowler I think is suited to a left wing back when he 
was in the team he was playing left back and it was at the beginning of the season where Fletcher was moving central and he had absolutely no yeah, license exactly, to put yeah. forward yeah, yeah. so I think that I have sympathy for Mark Bowler I'm a little bit I mean I suppose we've got Marvin Johnson so it's not it's not all that bad in, in that respect that we've got somebody to, to take his place but to be honest I can't think of, of really any any wing backs that, that we can bring in but we, we definitely need a centre half I think if we get Ben Gibson or if we can get Ben Gibson I would jump at the opportunity to bring him back. The only issue is he's, he has had injury issues. Yeah, that was, I was going to ask that question, kind of playing devil's advocate. I'd love to see him back, but would it be, you know, would it be worthwhile, like you say, if, with his injuries and not really playing very much? Um, we need someone who can kind of come in and play immediately. Immediately, yeah. yeah. I'm inclined to think that maybe it might not be a, a good, you know, choice to bring Ben Gibson back because because of that. I mean, he, I think he had a really bad long term injury. And then he's, I think he's only just come back from one recently. So you don't want to be sitting around waiting for a player to build up match fitness when we really do need a centre-half that is fully match fit that we can rely on. Because we know what IR is like in this time of the year. I mean, he's he's injured, so... He loves a holiday <laughs> in January, doesn't he? Absolutely loves going to Spain. Yeah, well, January, was, uh, January and February is it was, um, uh, They have, like, a sort of Spanish Christmas, don't they? It was, like, the 6th of January, so he, he planned that very well. Release Navidad on the sixth of Jan. He's, he's loving it. It's like Neymar and his sister's birthday, isn't it? It's like every year. Oh yeah, that one's that one's weird. That though, isn't it? Yeah, he's weird with his sister. What? Now, if you've ever seen the pictures of like Neymar when it gets to, like have, his yeah, sister's yeah. birthday, they're yeah. like far too close. Um, See, so you, you're trying to say and he takes that, that up every year. You're trying to say that Neymar likes incest. Oh God! Yeah. Well, uh, well it's an it's just an assumption. Just just take a look when it gets to about it's about March time, his sister's birthday. Just take a look at the pictures he puts on social media. And oh, fair enough. I'll put, I'll put that on my calendar then, shall I? <laughs> Check anyway. Neymar's Instagram. <laughs> um, but the one big news over Christmas was Middle's head of recruitment, Adrian Bevington, uh, getting oh yeah, I forgot about leaving that one. his yeah. position as head of recruitment and director of Summit Adna. It was, um, wasn't it like a head? It was just head of recruitment. Head of recruitment, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, if you've got a couple of questions about it, really, Cameron he says, um, "Was he sacked?" Um, do you know any information about that? And um, what do you think Millsborough were going to do in terms of like a restructure of the recruitment team? Um, a little, I'd, oh, I've had, like, I've heard, read a lot of few, few things really. And I think apparently Peter Kenyon's back in the fold. I've, I've read about I've that. Read that too, He's yeah. back in the system, so they're not going to replace Bevington, but put. Kenyon back in, but also Kenyon can say Millsborough might be getting some more investment. You know, when he comes into clubs, some sort of investment tends to happen. So you don't really know much about that. It could be bringing more players um, and building better connections as well. So, but do you think Bevington deserved to probably leave his post? Like we didn't really bring in many good signings. I'm realistic, like Van Lapara. Um, the only good thing or, that Van Lapara did was was record the video of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great video though. It's... It, it, it can't be the bear of that guy. Oh yeah, take the left, still chesting it down. You can't be a bear of that. that. Right, I'll see you later. Eh? I, you know what? One thing I wonder about that is right. How how did like one? How did he know where Van Lapara lived? <laughs> And two, why does he just run back to his white van? I don't get it. Like he, he must have been doing some work at his house or something. Or... Surely, so funny. surely, like there's. Can we get that that man on this podcast just so we can run through what is. was going on in his head when he <laughs> he did that and he got his feet the wrong way around? Yeah, I'm chestnut, <laughs> don't you? Can't be a bit of that. You love to see it, really, don't you? You absolutely love to see it. Um, but to be fair, Bevington's silence were. 
as much as I respect Adrian Bebbington for what he's done in the game, um, obviously been at the FA for a long, long time, and when he got hired to come in his recruitment, I thought, you know what? It could be a good move for us, this, and it just never seemed to work. Um, the three signings like this year are prime examples of why it didn't work. You know, Baller went back out on loan, Max Brown went back out on loan. If, if Dick Steele was um, fit, I think he would be out on loan as well because I don't think he's been good enough. Um, the brutal reality of it, and obviously Mejias, like, it's, it doesn't really count really. Like he's, you know, he was a known, he was a known quantity. He's a known he? quantity, and his middle name's Palmer. So like, what do you expect? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know. But what do you think Millsbury need to look for? And do you think we need to completely re- restructure the the recruiting system? I know we spoke about it a lot, quite a few times in the podcast. But do you think maybe Gary Gill's positions in jeopardy really because old recruitment's been crap the last yeah. six seasons? Yeah, well, they definitely must have got someone in from Man City, or they've got a contact at Man City because we seem to be like to follow them. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get texting their spot and direct at two in the morning saying you up, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much because we were linked with the the centre back as well, the, the, the French one I can't pronounce his surname. I know his first name is Joel, and then it's a really long. Oh, surname. I think that was just a random ITK account. They just right, okay. okay, made that up. Yeah, um, no, I think in, in terms of the recruitment process, I think. Um, However, many people are left in the uh, in the recruitment team because obviously we know one or two got let go in the summer because I seen the guy put on LinkedIn he was looking for a job, um, and then uh, I seen it, that it was it was Peter Bulmer, yeah, and uh, seen that. Adrian Bevington um, leaving. I don't know how many people are involved in it, um, but I think whatever it is, um, we need to be investing more in it. Even though it might seem that dividends appeared further down the line, the more you invest in. Um, your recruitment and scouting system um, the more players you're going to find essentially if you've got more scouts out there and more people sort of on the phone doing research um, on players then ultimately you're going to have a bigger pool to pick from um, yeah. and therefore you're going to get a better player um, it seems like in the past year or so probably since maybe uh, Victor or leaving that we you know we've went back to maybe just looking in sort of um just in England and maybe in Scotland as well, um, and nowhere else really further afield. I mean, I know we've been linked with, we get linked with a few random strikers out in Turkey and Germany every now and again, don't we? Where they're the, the really random, where the crop were from nowhere. Uh, but I think, I think we'd need to be looking further afield and and picking them up from. And I know they're always a risk, but you, you see it um, so many times, and and more than likely they're going to be cheaper. I know we've got Robertson and Metro on loan, but if we were to sign them. Permanently, if we were trying to prize them away from City, the amount they would contract as well. Yeah, if they, it's it's one of those. If you know, they would charge normally a lot more for someone like Patrick Roberts, where you could, you know, when when Brentford have went and picked up people like Ben Rama and and players like that um, in the past, and uh, even some of the centre midfielders where they picked them up from like. Danish teams and it's stuff. because um, Brentford have this system and we used it under I talk because I remember reading an article in the Gazette about it it was this this scouting system it was like a, a database um, and we we obviously picked up some some good players <coughs> uh, under I talk for minimal fees you know the spine of the team was was, was players that were, were brought in for under five million or or five million. Um, and we used that system and it, it seemed to work. I don't know whether we're still using it because I saw Krenka's not here anymore. I don't know whether they just kind of restructured the whole thing. Um, 
but I think Brentford have, have used it and, and used it for a few seasons, and that's why they've picked up the likes of Maupay, yeah. Ben Rama. I think at a certain point, um, it does work, and you will get a very good team. And the, uh, the thing what I was reading with Brentford the other day is that they'd kind of changed tack a little bit this summer. They did get a few players who were sort of obscure, but with signing um, both the the, the uh, what's his name centre back from Leeds, um, Pontus Janssen, yeah, Janssen, um, and the keeper, they, they signed players who were known in this league to be very good. So they kind of changed tack a little bit, and I think that's what we'd done finally at the end. Just before we went up with like Okaranka, where um, we'd signed players who, you know, possibly for, for lower fees and players from the Spanish league, Julian Desart, Carlos de Pena. Yeah. Um, but then there was a certain point where to get us over that line, we needed to sign um, Jason Rhodes and uh, Gaston Ramirez <laughs> because, you know, I think without them two, all right, it might still go promoted, who knows, but I think them two kind of dragged us up definitely with, yeah. with their goals and contribution to the team especially Ramirez he was mm. on that kind of drove the club forward I think if Ramirez wasn't um, there I don't think we would have gone up I don't yeah. think we would have buckled at the yeah and, th- and that's the thing I think t- to a certain point um, it, it's all well and good starting of having this recruitment process like Brentford but I think even they've recognised at a certain point um, they get to a certain level and then they always bottle it and then the players move on the next year and then they start all over again so they needed people like Pontus Janssen to to kind of have that experience in this league as well. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got, we've got the right blend, but I think it's got to start by, you know, getting as many people in the recruitment team who are good um, at what they do um, and then clearly defining their roles. So if you're the person that deals with all of the contract negotiations, you solely do that. Um, if you're a scout, choose a choose a, a country or a region or whatever um, and send people there um, and... You know, have it so that we're we're getting, like you said, a bigger pool so you can yeah. pick from essentially. So I still think we need a director of football. I think, and I think a director of football ties all that together. Yeah. yeah, so that they will kind of oversee the progress of each individual. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, Patrick Carey asked the question of what is if I appreciate that bit of a tough question, but what players would you like to keep um, for next season, or is there any players that you've seen playing even in different divisions or in lower leagues that you'd like to bring in for next year for like more of like a top six push so any players that you want to keep I mean, obviously there's Johnny House and I think you have to keep in maybe I, you have to give IL or a contract so any players that you've seen that you thought you know what I like a bit of you and coming in for next season there isn't many that sort of jump off the top of my head or if there's ones where I even do I think is that realistic but even then I would have never I would have never thought we would have been linked with Patrick Roberts it was kind of Obviously, you, we we all know who he was. We all know the name, but it just kind of came out of nowhere. That one, it was kind of like until you kind of sit and sift through every team. I think it's it's hard to really pick players because you can pick players who are in form and stuff, but they're the ones that are, you know, Ivan Tony, Marcus Madison. Um, we're getting mentioned all the time, but mm. realistically, I don't think we, you know, how much of Peter we're going to charge for two of their best players, <laughs> yeah. um, and they're going to come up anyway. Um, you'd imagine so. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really think of players off the top of my head, but in terms of the ones at the club, um, I think the two that you mentioned are probably the, the biggest to keep hold of. Um, even even if we are wanting to go with sort of younger players, I think Housen and Ayala um, are absolute stalwarts in this league, aren't they? They're, they're, they're so composed on the ball, they're so, they're, they, bring, they bring the confidence of the rest of the players um, and sort of lead by example. Um, so you need that mix and, and Derby had it yesterday um, you know they had Rooney and, and Curtis Davis um, 
uh, I guess even Martin Wycorn as well, who are sort of the the older players, and then you have the um, they had the young centre midfielder who uh, was nineteen, and Jason Knight who played right mid at eighteen. So you've got a bit of that mix still. You can't solely have a a team relying on youth. So I think Sheffield United are a, a team we could potentially look at because I was looking at the the players that weren't on their bench but were behind the scenes. You know, that part of the match squad but not on the bench. Yeah, and it's the likes of Luke Freeman. Yeah, they signed him when they went up as well. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't and, played and, much, and has he? he's, you know, a, a player that any team in the championship would, Leeds, would want. Luke Freeman. I think Kieran Freeman's the one that's linked with, with Leeds. Ah, it's been a while. <laughs> they've, got, but, they've got two Freemans, have they? Yeah. But Is that the right back, Kieran Freeman? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then you've got Billy Sharp. We've been linked with Billy Sharp, haven't we? So there's a few players that, that Sheffield United have that they're just not playing for whatever reason. I don't know whether the Freemans are injured. Yeah. Um, I don't think... It's a good, it's a good shout because, like you say, we looked at Norwich. I mean, I know it came from City, but we looked at Norwich clearly there um, of players that they've signed when they went up and maybe not made it in the team for whatever reason with Patrick Roberts. So it's, it's probably a good shout to to look at. And the same with Metro as well. He went out on loan. He hasn't got much game time. Um, so you've got to maybe look who's maybe just went somewhere this season, hasn't featured much and wants to sort of reignite the second half of the season. In a sense, uh, I think that could be a, a good place to look for some players. Niketia. Yeah. 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 Bring in Niketia. If you get rid of Brit, bring him in. Mm. Give, mm. you know, much competition, you know. Um, there's a couple of players I've I've kind of seen um, through through League One. what I think will be very good players in the next couple of years. So, um, Tariq Fosu at Oxford, winger. Um, very, very quick. But obviously, we just let Marcus Brown go there as well. So, it like, could be a bit of another case of Marcus Brown. But also... Uh, Andre Dozzle at Ipswich, centre midfielder. Um, FIFA career mode gem back in the day. Mm, Andre Dozzle's great. Um, I, I, you know what? When I was doing my career mode, I actually built a team <coughs> around Andre Dozzle and I sold him to Burnley for forty million in the end. Yeah, Burnley have forty million. <laughs> yeah, mate, it was so weird, right? So I had Ivor Tony and Andre Dozzle, and I sold Ivor Tony for fifty as well. Two, but two Burnley as well. <laughs> So Burnley had loads Burnley of, loads of cash. Yeah, that's career more, isn't it? Yeah, career, career more's got... Burnley de- definitely must be bur- uh, bought out, um, upgraded the TVs on the concourse, <laughs> 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 and then uh, signed Ivan Tony and Andre Dolan. So, lads, i got a big announcement. Yeah, we've uh, got some TVs from 2006. Decent of colour. Um, <laughs> it's a big upgrade in Burnley, that. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they actually had to players who I'd probably look out for um, not just for career mode but in general I think <laughs> just like, for career mode. I think like Andre Dozzle are a very 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 good footballer um, he's quick he was class on the ball at times he was, he was good class. he was coming through the ranks last year and when they had that bit of that, that horror season um, and he's, he seems to be pulling the strings again but it's more of a would you, would you take risk on another 20 year old midfielder you know what I mean and if you got rid of George Savile do you need that experience in there um, mm. he's, a good, he's a good young player if you want to if you want to go for it. But I do like the Luton fullbacks from last year. They've they've gone to different clubs now. It's Jack um, Stacey uh, at Bournemouth, Bournemouth and, and James Justin at Leicester. Leicester there. If I don't, I, know, have, I don't think they've featured much either. I as think well, Jack Stacey's featured more featured more than <coughs> than James. Ju- I mean, James, yeah, James Justin, Justin would have struggled to get in. Uh, he was the right back, wasn't he? I believe. No, the left. Back, oh, right, I think. Okay. So it's okay. Ben Chilwell. The, I think the, yeah, either he, you know. Coming up against Ricardo Pereira and Ben Chill, well, it's, yeah. it's going to be difficult, isn't it? So, so. he could be he could be one for for January potentially. Mm. Is there any more players in the current crop that you would sell at all? Well, obviously, Marvin Johnson was linked to Bomb for four million. I mean, 
If I'm not appreciate, it was. <laughs> I, I, t- I mean, it was although I think, if, if, yeah. if, if, got, if we got four million pound for Marvin Johnson, I would drive him there, buy him a coffee and the McDonald's, and go. You know what, Marvin? Thanks, but there's four million in my back pocket here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's the thing. I, I think he's. I think he's a useful player. Um, I think he's going to be till the end of the season. But you know, if that was actually true, and we got four million for. Marvin Johnson will be paid too. It will, you know, and he's out of it. it's, yeah. it's good, it's good business for the club, yeah. So. Yeah, you can't turn that um, down. But no, I think, uh, I think to be honest, I don't think we have many, um, and I know it seems weird and saying saying this because you know, we, we've only brought in two and we've let two or three go. I don't think we have a lot of gaps to plug, really. I think if, if injuries are kind to us and we, we get players back, I think the squad looks quite beefed up then. Um and you maybe only need one or two. It's, it, it depends on it depends on the outgoings. If no one else left, I think we'd be be fine. Really, um, I think right back's probably the the worst one. Uh, that's Johnny, what, I that's think, what worries me. Yeah, I think I think Johnny Housen can do a job there, but he obviously doesn't have the same um, Sterling at skills. Is, is this do John Sterling? Do John Sterling? Mm. I want to say actually career mode. <laughs> yeah. He could be raps. Absolutely raps. Yeah. It's one of those. We, we I think, probably so that, that's one of the main backups. Obviously, sent them back, but then you know, like you say, if you have, if if shot and friend and Ayala are fit, then you know, we'll, I don't we'll, think we'll Shot gets back in the team. I really yeah. don't. I don't think he gets back in the team. But I think it's, my dad was. Yeah. My dad's kept saying that you know, if George Friend comes back fit, he's not going to dislodge anyone in that. No, team. I don't think they are. But it's obviously at least it's there as as cover. I don't think we need to waste the the money th- signing someone. Then yeah. I think George Friend was a bad example because he left footed centre half. I think that if you're going to play George Friend now, you play him centre half. Yeah, yeah. left, left centre half. <coughs> Easy. You don't need to bring. Yeah, because then, like you say, McNair can yeah. kind of then look to fight for his position again in in central midfield, can't he? So. Um, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell anyone, which uh, is, <coughs> which is weird. I would let shot the on, maybe. The I'd only. The only. Yeah, I'd say probably <coughs> shot and, um, Gusted. Oh yeah, Gusted. Maybe Clayton. That would be the three. <gasps> See, I would. I'd still keep. I keep Clayton. I'd, I'd keep shot. It's weird because I tweeted ages ago that I would get rid of eighty percent of that squad <laughs> tomorrow, which has changed considerably because players have just started performing. Um, so my opinion has changed. It's more five percent of that team. I think just, I think well. Gusted's number one because of the the wages he's on and yeah. he's, not, wages, he's, he's not he's starting. So yeah, you know I, mean? I, I know he's featured a little bit more. He started the pressing game. He's came on as substitute appearances and he offers something a little bit different. But for someone to just offer a little bit different, he's probably the highest. Probably after Randolph goes, he's the, probably the highest earner. Uh, maybe level with Brit or something. So you kind of think, well, just for him to be coming on for the last 10 minutes is it worth however much he's on he is effective yeah. probably not he's been effective the last couple of games he has been effective but he's not he's not worth like 30 yeah. 40 he has and I actually do feel sorry for him a little bit um, because he said himself after he scored against Preston that he has been getting niggling injuries and it's hard to to gain momentum from that when you're constantly like you know when you get back in the team and you get injured again and then you come back in the team and you're injured again so you can't really build up much momentum but at the same time when he has been fit, he's just not he's not performed. Yeah. Um, and especially I know we, we talked we probably talk too much as football fans about transfer fees, but if you're paying seven million pounds for somebody or six million pounds or how, however much it was, you expect more from when, when they do play and I, I don't know how much the excuse of, of or the reasoning should I say of, of injuries can play out 
Um, so in a sense, I do feel sorry for him, but at the same time, let's be honest, I don't think even when he's fit, he's he's particularly good enough. It's the fees that's cost us. It's not the fees, sorry, it's not transfer. It's the wages, the wages that's yeah. absolutely killed us. Um, with that, you, whoever made that deal needs shooting. <laughs> like it's it's brutal. Like <laughs> dream, it is bad. That well, transfer window it. was horrible. Yeah, it, it will have been back. Yeah, it was Victor Hall, wasn't it? Premier League, but. I'm sure Victor Hart was in the Premier League season, was he not? Yeah, I think he was in the Premier yeah, League yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. So it'll have been. Thanks, ten. Victor. Nope. <laughs> it was when we were going for like everyone from Villa. We had like a oh, yeah. thing for Villa then, didn't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. Aston Middlesbrough. And then after that, <laughs> it became the thing of Villa was stealing all our players. Yeah. So oh, they, yeah. Sold, they sold us all the <laughs> players that they didn't want, then it was like, then we'll steal all the other players that they do want from other teams. Yeah, I have used found to see a dama by the way over the Christmas break. This it's been it, it annoys me so cry. annoys me so much when they go. Ah, oh, well, no one knows he's paid, he's done Adama wonders. You know, Adama Traore. He just wasn't he just wasn't the player at Middlesbrough and Aston Villa. He was absolutely garbage. But you know what, no one's really trained him to be in something special, and now he's getting all this media attention. Yeah. Oh, it drives me insane. Linked with. Uh, moves to clubs City, yeah. Barca, yeah, Real Madrid, like million. Yeah, seventy-eight million. That is crazy. Don't you have a? And we won't get a single slice of that because mm. uh, Wolves paid a release clause in there, so yeah. we have absolutely no, no input. Very on low release clause. When you think about it at the time, I think. Yeah, I was thinking I think it was one of those where obviously you know he he didn't really. Um, he didn't have that end product when he came, and and so on. It, it quite easily could have turned out to just be a very quick player and not develop anything to his game and stick around the championship and possibly even league one for the rest of his career it could it could have just ended up like that um but at the same time you think with that potential he is if not one of the quickest players on the planet um so it's you, you gotta put a higher release clause than that because how, how much was it 16 million oh oh my god so. i thought it was th- for some reason i thought it was 30 but aston villa get about i think i think i read six percent of it or something or yeah a slice of the <laughs> <coughs> but obviously, yeah, when you when you buy out release clauses, you don't because it wasn't uh, put into the because that was essentially that is the the transfer negotiation. There's nothing else. There's no other clauses involved in it. Is it? It's just the that and then negotiated mm. with him directly. So, thanks, Bora. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's lovely to see Adama do so well. It's like it's like he's uh, like my son a little bit, isn't it? It's like when we, every time we see, see him do well, I'm just like, oh, go on, go on Adama. <laughs> I, I put him in my fantasy team two or three weeks ago, and um, paying dividends. Not really, but no, but uh, I I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna lie. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave him in because it's Traore, isn't it? Yeah, probably him and Kike are the only play- Borough players that I properly miss. Just what about uh, what about Duckskin? <laughs> Yellow Vossen. Mm, <laughs> no, not not particularly. <laughs> I can't. No, it's just Kike and, and Traore. Mm. I don't know, it's not about Kiki, it was just endearing, even though he would miss like uh, two yards out of Blackpool away. I think that actually happened yeah. at one point. Kiki's goal at Brentford. Uh, he, looked, he, looked, the other day. he looked older than what he actually was, and he looked like 40 years <laughs> old, <or> like 27. <laughs> um, I think he was 25 actually was when he was at oh Boring, yeah, so he was younger. Jesus Christ, he had a bad pep round, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Leave Kiki alone. <laughs> <laughs> I will not tolerate any Kiki's fanger right here. <laughs> <laughs> Kiki's a more fan of you. <laughs> uh, but no, we, we had a lovely thread, didn't we, over over the, the new year oh, as yes. well. It's absolutely going sizzler, isn't it? It's still, it's still getting likes and retweets and all sorts. 
Um, but that was some. We had a great decade. A though. great, yeah, great. Like, even, great uh, we missed yeah. a few things out as well. I remember some yeah, random fan um, invaded the pitch against Sunderland in the cup and oh, slapped <laughs> just, 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 just in the yeah, 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 that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, was that Sunderland was that fan? was a weird, no, it was, no, it, was, it, was, it, was a yeah. it was really yeah, that was strange. That <laughs> I remember saying, I was thinking, I was a guy on the pitch you know, or whatever, and I was like, "What's he doing?" And then he just like tries to snap just in height, and I was like, He came from like the East Stand. I was like. What's going on? I used to like Justin Hoyt as well. Everyone got so much stick. And like, it was even, he wasn't even bad. He was like, actually quite good. He, used to, he, he actually retweeted me once. Thanks, Justin. Uh, that's why you like him then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing nah, to do to with football. Fair, I did tweet say, at Justin Hoyt, I love you, Justin. And he retweeted it. I was like, <laughs> like thanks, Justin. That 2012. Me and Bobby used to love it. It was hilarious. Like, it was like 2012, 2003. 13, 14 maybe was the epitome of the Borough Banner hero was like Kai Kamara and Marvin Emnes Albert when you think of um, our recruitment then like how where were we picking up some of the like Faris Haroon and Marouane Zamama where, 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 were these, where were these scouts going <laughs> <laughs> there were some very obscure players wasn't the time or pink for Talon Torpedo I, I, I reckon Tommy Moore was throwing like throwing darts at uh, like, <laughs> the map of the world yeah, he was yeah. going uh, we'll go We'll go there. Zimbabwe. God, that is. I mean, I feel like we pass over that a little bit because that recruitment was pretty bad, but we were pretty bad at the same time. So Mustafa Carrier was a gem. I think there was somewhere. I think where they all had they all had um, little flashes of of good play, didn't they? But none of them were going to be consistent enough to to get the team promoted at all. They were all. You say banteria, but that spine of the promotion team was Tony Mowbray's team. So it was. Jimmy. Uh, Ledbetter, Ayala. I think obviously with Ledbetter, Ayala, and Adoma, they all had experience obviously in this country. Dimi was a little bit of an obscure one because obviously, like we were saying, when he obviously played at Hartlepool, but before that, you know, when he's playing um, in Greece and then the, the second the second division in Spain, he was at. It's like it's a bit of a, a strange career to like. That story from Dimi was so funny. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I, I mean, originally, I think obviously Tony Mowbray hired him as a backup keeper so um crazy how yeah. things turned out from from there yeah like look at scott carson at Manchester City. <laughs> but mm. lee grant and man united yeah so weird it's strange i'd love to be a third choice keeper it would be, it'd be great wouldn't it you just do nothing mm. like nothing like <laughs> you go to train you're like, basically three, you're basically a, a coach really and you you're there to help develop some of the other young goalkeepers that you'd imagine yeah. whilst getting a Probably a hefty payday for one of the big clubs. See that, see that story about from Rob Green, by the way, where yeah, he's, yeah. he said about Sarri, he's like, what are you going to do, sack me? <laughs> and he was, like, he was like, yeah, yeah, point. Like, you can't really do anything. But anyway. Um, Rob Green, wow. I mean, Rob Green, remember, I remember he got, so, he got abused so much for that, letting that goal in for England. Oh, yeah. That's weird how, like, it's weird <laughs> about goalkeepers. Like, goalkeepers can make so many good saves, but everyone always remembers remember the, the one thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Thomas Mahers. It is. It is. It is, it is <laughs> horrible. Um, I think. I think probably the worst position ever to be as a goalkeeper. I think people remember things so much with with goalkeepers. Um, and yeah. you, you you try you, even though you try and stay ground sometimes and pick the negatives, it just haunts you sometimes, doesn't it? Literally, Thomas Mahers. Like yeah. when he was like when he had the the ball when he was in possession of the ball against Spurs, I was like, oh god, don't you dare! Yeah. Like he's just turned into a little bit of a meme from the the playoff season. I really. love Tommy Mahers. He is a really good cup keeper. Like the the Arsenal game, he was outstanding in that game. Um, he, he was brilliant against Spurs. Man City, 
Yeah. He was good the, against Spurs. The, really, the save really for Lucas Moura, yeah. Yeah, and then like he was always good off his line. <laughs> he was always like, you know, cutting the passes off through, through balls. Was... What did you think of us against Spurs, by the way? Um, not really touching it, have we? No, not really. I thought we were all right. Um, do we deserve to go ahead? I think we did. I think we um, we held our own for for early phases in the game. I thought Spurs were poor, though. I think yeah. I think Mourinho said it as well. He wasn't happy with the performance, and rightly so. I thought I thought we made ugh, they made us look good when really we shouldn't have been anywhere near them. I thought some was quiet, but that's credit to Woodgate. He had a game plan to try and nullify. Um, it was weird Spurs. to see Spurs line up with five at the back. To be honest, yeah, I think, really I think Mourinho did it. I think I think Mourinho tried to match us in, in, in an aspect of. Well, obviously, yeah, we have better quality there, and we're going to try and switch it with the wing backs and get forward with Serge Aurier. Um, but I thought a replay was probably the the right result. Um, appreciate now. I'm going to sound really bad, but I think if we go when we go to Spurs on Tuesday, I'd rather us we get beat. To be honest, I don't really want us to go and travel all the way to Southampton. I think we'll get turned over. To be honest, I think we've got that like um, not really spirit, but well, yeah, I suppose that the spirit that we can get a result off the back of that uh, that draw yeah. but I feel like it'll be a completely different game um, I don't think the same I don't think Spurs will be the same Spurs that came at the Riverside I think Borough have got a, you have to be a, be a bit wary um, of going to Spurs I think with what you don't want is to get absolutely pummeled 5-0 um, that's the worst point yeah. it'll, it'll burst the bubble again um, and you've got to try and build every player back up again especially for Friday night against Fulham I think that's a really tough test and we're going to come on with probably now um, but with the game against Spurs and Fulham, I know you guys do your, your little bit of research. So if you want to take the mic and, and and go for it, I'm all for it. But no. Well, we'll just I'll, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't do any because we uh, were so so ready to uh, get in for. No, but fair enough. I think with Spurs on 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 Tuesday night, I think it's it's a game for us where we have nothing to lose. I think Spurs have everything to gain. They have they have to win. Mourinho's lost more games than Jurgen Klopp has since 2018 at Spurs. Um, obviously, Mourinho at Spurs, Klopp at Liverpool. Um, so that's very interesting. But I think they're going to start off with a strong team. I think Deli Alli's going to. Deli Alli has to make an impact because he he, really I thought he was. I thought he was shit. Yeah. So like. He was. But there's there's aspects of their play where they have to really come good. I think Harry Winks need to. The thing is, with, with, when Spurs have watched them play, Harry Winks is such an important player for them. Um, he gets the ball. He really dictates the play, and he's someone that I would like to have. Someone at Mills would have something very similar. I think yes, Lewis Wing can score a, a casual wingy banger, um, but the 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 general play, and I think the way Mills will want to play, we do need that that type of play. Who's going to like cut the pass uh, passing lines and get get Boris started again? Um, we do have injury problems, though, Spurs. I think Moussa yeah, Sissoko's th- out. Think, Harry Winks went off yeah. injured. I think that's why they, they lined up like that as well, because he wanted to try and play Son and, and Lucas up front in kind of free-roaming uh, roles, uh, obviously without Harry Kane. They are looking at uh, Christoph Piatek from AC Milan, so they are looking to try and get a centre-forward again. Um, obviously, they're not going to get one in before Tuesday, you'd imagine. But Bruno um, Fernandez is also heavily, heavily linked now. But um, he's linked it, with everybody, isn't he? It looks like they could have had deal. There's, there's, there's both Fernandez's and Bruno Fernandez and Gedson. There's so many Fernandez's in, like, in the world now; it's just getting ridiculous. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> every, get, get Federico Fernandez every, there as well. Every, every team has a Fernandez. I don't yeah. get it. Gelson Fernandez or Gelson Fernandez. Mm. Jed Fernandez at Borough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh. I think uh, you'd imagine um, 
uh, the lineup in did the lineup kind of similar yesterday? Did, did you see it? Um, um, no, I didn't see Liverpool game yesterday. Um, they're set up game. to protect and nullify Liverpool. Um, did not, did they not they go five at the back yeah. again? Or? They yeah, gave t- a debut Tangana. to Tangana, yeah. Also, if you're looking for a good centre-back, FIFA, Tangana is very, very good. good he's pacey. Likes, likes to jump. <laughs> likes to jump. Likes to <laughs> Who's jump. God's strength? <laughs> likes to jump. <laughs> Got great jumping statistics. You're like mighty jumping. I wonder if our <laughs> Who's God's uh, strengths have changed Should from I Middlesbrough? Should I check it? Yeah, I'll I'll have a check. Millsborough's Mills Mills strengths just says Lewis went casual when no, you it, it was, yards. It was funny though when we scored that one counter attack and then all of a sudden one of our strengths was counter attacks. Uh. <laughs> I think Millsborough should really look at a system where we, we keep, the, keep the ball as much as we can. Um, I think with... The way we're trying to play now, and especially with the with centre halves trying to uh, pull the strikers and pull the wing backs out and make teams a bit more open, I think we have to really force that possession style play and be very, very patient as well. I think the likes when I was saying like the likes of Harry Winks coming, like obviously I'm calling it Harry Winks, but I mean like a player like Harry Winks, someone who can really break the play down. Um, like that's I think that's why Clayton does well in that position. Um, I just need someone a bit more legs. But to be fair, but here we are. We've we've had uh, two strengths added as well oh. as counter attacks. We've got creating scoring chances and creating chances using through balls. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Up, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, um, the the runners have been very good off the ball, um, especially Ashley Fletcher. Um, and I think we've got better at giving them it earlier. Uh, there's there's been times where I've said in the past where you can see them pointing to where they want the ball and then us not playing it, whether. You know, the players didn't feel confident to, to do it or they were kind of told from instructions to kind of keep hold of the ball. Um, but we've been doing it a lot earlier and getting him behind and, and you know, that goal against Tottenham proved it all, really. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know how it's all. I hope that didn't pick it up. <laughs> it was <laughs> What happened? Did I, I have that? no idea. I've really done. <laughs> right, okay. We'll try and cut that one out. Um, oh, please keep it in. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so I think um, the three walls is um, definitely a big, big thing for us now. Um, we've got to, especially with sort of Tav and, and Roberts kind of playing behind and, and dropping in those little spaces. Um, Just because they're, they're on the same wavelength, they nearly went again. You knew it. I think the, the players are on the same wavelength, though, so I think they are releasing about a lot. A lot earlier, a lot quicker, because they seem to be on one level playing field at the moment, which is why we've clicked so much. I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, in terms of Tottenham, though, I think my prediction would would probably be a defeat. Uh, as much as I wouldn't like to, you don't want to see us see us get um, beaten. You especially don't want to see us um, get smacked five nil. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're just going to be stronger. They know how to play against us after you know doing it a week before. Mourinho is a great tactician, so. Um, yeah, I'll probably go 2 0 Spurs. I was thinking 2 0 Spurs. Yeah, as well. I'm thinking this. But you know what? Underdog story, we're going to win 1 0. Ashley I'd Fletcher. Us to I'd, I'd love us to, to get a goal yeah. um, at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is the worst named stadium. So, one of the best stadiums in Europe. That's absolutely mint. Why can't we just call it White Hart Lane? White Hart Lane 2 it's, sa- it's on the same place, isn't yeah, it? Where it is, so. White Hart. Lane point two, like you 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, went, I went to actually went to the Tottenham game um, with a friend of mine who supported Tottenham, so it was uh, it was pretty good when Ashley Fletcher scored because um, 
purely. I, I was just flinging them all oh, over the place. I got kicked out my season card seat. <gasps> so was I actually. I, yeah. didn't, you know, I, I didn't get my seat. Um, so I must have got it really early, and it was just some some bloke on his See, own. I thought at the end of the row, I sit on the end of the row, and he Same. just went. Um, he just got a, a, a seat. He just got a ticket on his own. He wasn't with anyone. He was just sat on the end of the row. My seat. But I was about three rows up from where I normally sit. I um, bet you were fuming. So my dad was fuming when we got kicked out of ours because someone who went, "Excuse me, I think you're in our seats," and like we've had those season card seats for a while. But what had happened is the borough ticketing site had struck again and assigned me the wrong season card seat. So it said in my inbox, "You have two new assigned seats for me and my dad." All of a sudden, I'm in my seat as normal, just talking to the people around us that we usually do, and we ended up like on the other side. So yeah, thanks, Bora. Thanks for this. Thanks for this. We're in my match. At least we, at least we went part time. Like uh, Johnny, and we made it to the game, though. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I actually, I actually watched the game on TV. To be fair, <laughs> I, I have a reason. I have a reason. So I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off. Uh, <laughs> off, uh, off podcast. Um, Fulham North. Uh, Friday night on the lights, Craven Cottage, two thousand Borough fans going. That's brilliant D- support. That, that. Especially ex- from taking three thousand seven hundred yeah. a couple of days before. Really, to, really to good top them, so. Do you expect a, a positive result at Craven Cottage, or are you thinking? You think you're fearing the worst? See, um, I think it could suit us because they yep. do play possession based uh, football as they have done throughout the whole of the season, and I feel like our press like we've been doing quite considerably. Um, and cleverly in the past uh, few games and selectively, I think that that could suit us. Um, you know, I, I don't think I, it depends the, on the character of the team after that late goal um, that Derby scored yesterday. I think that that could knock the stuffing out of us because you know it, it did feel in in a little bit of a way like a bit of a defeat. But hmm. um, I think it could suit us. Um, it's going to be a tough game because I think the. Um, are a good team. They've got some good footballers that that like to play along the floor. But I think Mitrovic is out injured, isn't he? He, he picked yeah. up an ankle injury against Hull. He did. Um, so it's touching goal. Abubakar Kamara, or AK forty seven. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That will probably uh, step up. Yeah. No, so. I think it would be interesting. Uh, I think you kind of have to judge it after the Tottenham game because obviously we. You know, anything could happen in that we could get an injury it's only three days after so there might be changes to the team like you say playing um, three arms in six days um, and just the confidence from this draw and you know um, if, if there's a defeat on Tuesday um, I, I'd like to go out and say I, I don't think we should be disheartened by whatever it is anyway because like we've said before in the past they're not a team where we should be expecting to go away to Fulham and, and beat anyway if we win. Fair enough. It's, it's great. It was almost like with the West Brom and pressing games, it'll be absolutely brilliant if we do win. Um, but it's one of those that are not where we're competing at the moment. So I think we're going to pick up a lot of points from teams who are not even just below us now, but teams um, mid-table, I think, will definitely play a lot better in uh, when we play Birmingham the next home game than we did when we played Birmingham away. I think that's going to be a much improved performance there. Um, those teams in and around us now Birmingham, Blackburn, Cardiff, Derby all of these types of teams I think we're more than good enough to go and give them a game now but teams sort of vying for promotion um, I think there's still going to be some tough games there mm. Score predictions for Fulham? 1-1 one, 1-1 one. One, one. Else? Yeah I'll go I'll go one all as well 1-all as well I'm going to go with 
Yeah, I think one else, one else in my head as well. We, we've well, all gone for two 0 against Spurs. I haven't. Oh no. Oh, well, we're, me and we're I win. Up the butter. Wait, what did you say then? Uh, so we win one 0 Ashley Fletcher. Mm. I thought you went two 0 Cashley Fletcher. Oh, but we've all got a, a clean sweep on the um, on the Fulham. I just want us to win. I just love. Dana's done good at predictions this year, so I'm just following. I'm just following hers. Yeah. <laughs> Have I? I think I only said. Um, I think you've got more. You've, you've got more right than than me. I think. I was I was alright last year. I was quite good at it. No, just... We need to have a more breakdown predictions board. Yeah, we do. We need to start really start that. This Keep year. a tally of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe let's start from the next podcast, and yeah. Yeah, can do. do it. But fair enough, right? That pretty much wraps things up, guys. Thank you very much for joining me as always, uh, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Like, share, subscribe to the Board Breakdown channel. Give us five star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get ranked and get charted. Um, in the podcast world um, so we'd really appreciate it. if you're not following the board breakdown page and you've somehow found, found the podcast give us a follow on the Facebook Instagram and Twitter page but that pretty much wraps things up Millsborough won four in a row the five uh, unbeaten in the league now one defeat in nine the only way is up Woody and maybe we should do a podcast every month Want support Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air Fleming for Craig Hignett hit it Higgy Higgy hits the track Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.